Hello, and welcome to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. On this podcast, we are digging song by song, album by album, through the discography of one of the most overlooked bands of all time. That band, it's Chumbawamba, baby. And this week, we're talking about the song Homophobia, which is track three off of Chumbawamba's sixth studio album, Anarchy. Wait, Teddy, can we stop for a second? I'm, I'm really distracted um, by... Hold on. There's like this smell coming through on uh, through your your feed. It smells like like cheesesteaks. What's going on here? I just recently I got like a smell uh, <laughs> extension for Skype and I'm just picking up this whiff of cheese whiz and onions on your end. What's going on? Oh yeah, that would be because I am no longer a New Jersey resident. Well, legally I still am. Don't tell the police or <laughs> the unemployment insurance office. <laughs> but for the time being, I am I am living slash renting a, a place in Philadelphia, although my legal home is still in New Jersey. If anyone is listening, um, so yeah. <laughs> Did you just realize mid sentence that you may have may have doxed yourself? I mean, I don't think anyone gives a shit. I lived in Newark quasi illegally for the past four years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, as, as I mentioned, uh, I'm coming to you live from Philadelphia, and Dan is still in New York City, so instead of having the wonderful 11 miles between us back when I was in Newark, we now have approximately 100 miles, so this sound has to travel that much farther. So it has to if go you... so far over, over the telephone wires. Yeah. <laughs> if you notice anything sounds off, if, if the vibes are wrong, it's because if... of our, our energies are not as compatible anymore. If you too have recently installed the Smellovision uh, extension on your Skype account and your podcast app of choice, because it's everywhere now, Smellovision's taking the world by by storm. If you if you've recently installed it and smell cheese whiz and onions, that's why instead of the usual smell of Newark, which is like MD twenty twenty and uh, you know just Medi- kind of a general medi- smell of weed and yeah. garbage is what my house smelled like. <laughs> Um, it's funny that you mentioned Smell-O-Vision. When I worked at the movie theater, uh, Spy Kids 4 came out, which oh, I remember. Uh, featured Smell-O-Vision, which I they remember. gave you a scratch-and-sniff card to, to scratch alongside uh, the different parts in the movie. And being an employee at the time, I stole about 500 of the cards. Hell yeah. I, I thought it would be really funny to release like an album that had Smell-O-Vision to go alongside <laughs> it. <laughs> And then I never did that, so I just had like 500 Spy Kids 4D cards with me. And That's really funny. I don't remember what happened to them. I think I gave them to someone as like a, like a, a white elephant uh, gift. That's, That's the term, really right? funny. Yeah, white elephant. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Spy Kids 4D in theaters and had that um, that scratch and sniff card. It was How one was of the it? best nights of my teenage life. <laughs> I never saw it because I was fucking working. So Yeah. <laughs> But at least yeah. you got the cards. That's true. That I got the important part. <laughs> really, I went to see it five times because I was hooked on the smells. <laughs> I don't know what they were putting in those scratch and sniff cards, but maybe it was nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a scratch and sniff card that's literally just cocaine. You just scratch it and do a line in the theater. You know, it wasn't that long after i after i saw spy kids 4d that i smoked cigarettes for the first time <laughs> so maybe it was that's my new favorite conspiracy theory that scratch and sniff cards um don't really exist for movies anymore because it got found out that they were uh packed with nicotine funded by big tobacco i agree with that to get yeah. kids hooked on uh to get kids hooked on cigarettes and uh that's why they don't do it anymore <laughs> <laughs> I had a really good conspiracy theory the other day, but I don't remember what it was. So, yeah, because be. the government wiped your memory yeah. of it. It was the government and not all the weed I've been smoking. I like. <laughs> yeah, that. well, the government. Who do you think put that weed in your hands? Uh, I mean, it technically was the government. I've been getting uh, those those legal carts, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Trumbawamba, a band. Yeah. Um, a band this... that we both like a lot, if you weren't already aware of that yeah. fact. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Dan did help me move into Philly. Um, what you just heard before was was just uh, a, a joke, a bit. That, while... That's one of those comedy bits that yeah. uh, we do on the show sometimes. <laughs> one of those, one of those bits we're so famous for. Yeah. But during during the move, we did listen to Anarchy in its entirety. Yeah. Including the song we were talking about today, which is uh, once again homophobia. Yeah. And we and, started talking about it as we were driving, and then I was like, wait, 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 we have to save it for the podcast. Yeah, we gotta save those bits. <laughs> I felt like such a fucking tool when I said that, because I was yeah. like, this is what my life has become, where I like start <laughs> to start to categorize my like conversations and opinions that I want to share with people as whether or not they're fit for a podcast, or whether I can <laughs> use them on just regular conversation. <laughs> yeah, your, your brain has officially been broken by capitalism. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> That's why, to counteract that, um, I'm no longer recording a podcast, but instead I'll be recording every single bit of my entire life. Um, so in order to get my half of the podcast, you have to sync up Dan's half with my 24-hour live feed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be what you do on Twitch. Yeah. yeah I'm going to become be... a Twitch streamer and just stream myself crying. Yeah. <laughs> Would I get banned from Twitch if I streamed myself uh, in the bathtub, but I was also gaming? Um, I think as long as there's no explicit nudity, you're fine. Sick. I'll get some bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and then I, you have to stop streaming once the bubbles run out. <laughs> Ooh, it's like a, like a, a timed uh, exhibition. Where... Yeah, you have to. It's it's a time trial where you have to finish everything you're doing until um before the bubbles run out, or else you <laughs> you get banned from Twitch. I like for that. showing your junk off. <laughs> I suppose you could always just wear a bathing suit, but that takes away the that takes away the fun of it. Exactly. No no thrills, no kills, baby. <laughs> that's what my grandfather used to say. Really? No, I've never met my grandfather. I was gonna say that's a pretty <laughs> wild thing for a grandfather to say. <laughs> Although, like, honestly, like everyone's got everyone knows or has like that wild grandpa right like the one who just says completely buck wild shit all the time so i believed you for a second is what i'm trying to say <laughs> my my grandma did have a saying that was a uh, has gas has guilt which is like broken german for do you have gas and do you have uh, money which is the only two things you need when you're leaving the house, in her opinion. Do you have gas and do you have money? Was your grandma a um, a touring DIY musician? Yeah, she <laughs> she would go town to town, she'd put out the little donation jar. <laughs> All right, so speaking of, of young, strapping DIY musicians who are playing <laughs> town to town for gas money... <laughs> Let's talk some Chumbawamba. Hell yeah, baby. This week, the song is Homophobia, yeah. as as we mentioned. And um, I think there's no better way to describe what this song is about than this quote from uh, uh, Boff Wally, one of the members of the band. Uh, he said this in a random live video I found of this song. He said, this song is about respecting the rights of gay and lesbian people in the hope that we all see it as being as important as sexism or racism. It's about yeah. somebody who was kicked to death for being gay. Which, honestly, is some pretty progressive shit to be saying in, I think this live video is from the late 80s or the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Chum Chumbawamba once ahead, uh, ahead of their time as far as equal yeah. rights. Yeah. And uh, this... we, we appreciate it. Um, yeah. It, it should be pointed out that this is probably my least favorite song on this album. Um, <laughs> we have mentioned it. It has nothing to do with the lyrical content, but as we dive into the music, we'll talk about the the, uh, the album version of this, which is just not, not that great. Doesn't doesn't hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there, though. Yeah. Um lyrically i think this song has a lot of good going on in it which i think we can agree upon just based on the message behind it of hey being a homophobe is a bad thing yeah <laughs> it's it's a pretty graphic song it talks yeah. about like the the fact that it it it's essentially tells the story about like a, a gay man who was killed um at like a bar and then uh like the fact that everyone else just kind of goes along with their life like wow mm -hmm. like this person died like earlier both like they, they mentioned like a few different spots but 
yeah, it, it's it's weird listening to the song, especially the single version, which is a little bit more upbeat, and then listening to the lyrics and being like, that's that's really what you're what you're going for with with this like upbeat dancey song, like yeah, right, yeah. Well, that's kind of Chumbawamba's whole mo a lot of the time, like not on every upbeat song, but a lot of their upbeat songs, like earlier in their discography, have been exactly that kind of like really poppy fun music backed up by these really dark lyrics i don't think at any point i have i can think of that the lyrics were quite as dark as this song yeah this but is definitely, definitely like something the, they've the done darkest before. this is definitely yeah. the, the darkest that they they've gone yeah and honestly like off the top of my head it might be like just one of their darkest songs period yeah, yeah. i mean homophobia is a pretty dark thing and i mean especially we luckily live in 2020 where things have gotten progressively better as even in the the time that you and i have been alive and Mm -hmm. conscious in the world things have gotten a lot better for the lgbt community i can't imagine what it was like in the 90s where you're kind of in this like catch-22 of it being socially acceptable in some areas but you're also yeah. coming off of the eight like the AIDS pandemic and like I don't know. I, I can't imagine being openly gay in the nineties. Yeah. And more power to everyone who was and more power to Chumbawamba for hopping on the I mean, I guess not hopping on because I, I don't know the sexuality of anyone in Chumbawamba, so I don't want to assume that they're like quote unquote allies allies, but like for for them to be singing about something like this back in the '90s was yeah. really, I mean, not groundbreaking because there have been queer musicians doing it as long as there have been musicians. No, but, it, but... It, it's just good for someone to like as pointedly as Chumbawamba be like, hey, like the fucking culture that we have in the UK, especially like the pub culture, is fucked up and people are dying because of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's spot on with a lot of what we've seen from them in terms of talking about race and colonialism as a band of all white people using their privilege to draw other people's attention to that fact. Like, all of these, like, horrors of the world that are being committed in the name of racism and imperialism. Um, Again, like you said, Teddy, like, we don't know... We do not know personally the sexualities of any member of this band because we don't know them personally. But even so, like, they're using their platform to talk about a marginalized group, whether or not any of them belong to it themselves. Which is right in line with what I would expect of this band. It would be a little wild if they didn't have, like, such a strong... um stance against homophobia um but you know another thing about this song that i think is really remarkable that you alluded to is the way that they talk about in the second verse how uh pub culture and like and alcohol and masculinity kind of compound the issues of homophobia and compel people towards acts of violence towards um gay people and lesbian people Long before there was ever, like, the term toxic masculinity, this is what the that Chumbawamba is talking about in that verse. They're talking about men who are insecure in their own masculinity, getting drunk, and being compelled by that insecurity towards destroying someone who doesn't align with their ideals of masculinity. Which, for a song released in 1994, is a very progressive message. It's even a progressive message now, you know? So, yeah, I think that's... I think, once again, we've got an example of the band being kind of ahead of the curve in terms of, like, what people... what terms people use to describe these things, and just the way that people in 2020 will analyze once things like this happen. Yeah, that that verse is really good. I'm, I'm going to read yeah. it now just because it's pretty short, but it's uh, in the pubs, clubs, and burger bars, breeding pens for pigs, alcohol, testosterone, and ignorance and fists, packs of hunting animals roam across the town. They find an easy victim and they punch him to the ground. Like that, that shit hits. Yeah. Both lyrically and when, when they do it, like in the song, and it, 
as you said, it's really wild to see Chumbawamba use, like, specifically target, like, masculine culture and yeah. pop culture as, like, the, the fault for this. Um, yep. In the third verse, too, there's a line, um, the siren of the ambulance, the deadpan of the cops, which I think is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, the cops to, don't to, care. Yeah. yeah, once again, to, to reinforce what we already know, which is that if you're a queer person in this country, the cops will give a shit about you, and they're not here to protect you or your friends or, or your life or anything. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Chumbawamba knocking out of the ballpark lyrically for <laughs> I, something that came out 25 years ago. I think another thing that's really remarkable about the lyrics in this song is that they keep referring to, like, homophobia. They keep referring to it as, quote, the worst disease. Yeah. In the third verse, they refer to every, for every death, the virus gets more deadly than before. It yeah, feels like they're I almost pointed out like, that lyric. Yeah, it feels like they're almost co-opting the idea of, like, like the, the words we use to describe um, the AIDS crisis, where it's like... Like, in 1994, AIDS was still very much a thing. Like, it was still very much a major concern among um, among gay men and, and the general public. Um, so, I think it, there's something interesting and very, like, cathartic about the fact that Chumbawamba is using this language of disease and virus to talk about how the hatred of gay people is the worst disease. In in a world where AIDS exists, homophobia is an even worse disease than that. See, I think that that lyric at the end was Chumbawamba predicting COVID-19. <laughs> Go on. That, is COVID-19 homo- homophobic? Yeah, uh, COVID-19 was caused by homophobia, and Chumbawamba <laughs> called it. You can actually... You can actually only get COVID-19 if you're homophobic, so... Oh, so COVID-19 uh, is a good thing. Yeah, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. You, you heard <laughs> as it long here as you for... don't hate gay people. Yeah, as long as you don't hate gay people, you don't have to wear a mask in public yeah. anymore. Okay, okay. That's that's a good test to uh, <laughs> to go out in public and see who's wearing a mask. Yeah, and if like... you see someone in a mask, you're like, oh, so you hate gay people, Yeah, huh? I see how it fucking is. I see how it is, asshole. <laughs> yeah, you got the homophobia. Oh, okay, so I should be less concerned about the fact that no one in my neighborhood wears masks because it <laughs> yeah, means none of them are homophobic. They're all really, really accepting. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I knew I liked it here for a reason. I, I walked to a, to a grocery store by my house today, and not a single person was wearing a mask, and I got, like, glared at when I walked into the store wearing a mask and was just That's like... That's what you get for moving to Pennsylvania. I know, where no one gives a shit. Yeah. Say Levy. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll die. <laughs> I saw some cool Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, graffiti. Hell yeah. All balances out, baby. Dying of a disease, (laughs) seeing some cool graffiti. What more could you want? That's so funny to me that no one you saw in Philadelphia itself was wearing a mask because when we stopped at that Wawa outside of Philly, everyone was except for the person who stole our sandwiches. Well, I think to get into like a Wawa, you like have to have a mask on. I don't think they'll let you in. But like, I mean, to be fair, people were just like hanging out outside. It wasn't like, okay, they were actively doing things. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like a crazy person all the time. <laughs> this is nothing <laughs> That's new. all right. Embrace it. Embrace the crazy. Yeah. I gotta. <laughs> all right. So do we want to talk about the elephant in the room and talk about the music of this song? Yeah, let, let's dig into it. I'd love, Teddy, for you to share your opinion of this song's musical composition. The version of the song that is on the album is the only blight on what is otherwise like a perfect album. <laughs> It's not even that it's, like, bad. It's just 100% not what I look for in a song. Mm-hmm. And the rest of this album is, like, poppy and upbeat and, like, like really hits hard while having these really deep, impactful lyrics. And uh, the album version of this song just, it's slow. It's got, like, like I think it's, like, an accordion in it. It's just this, like, like dragging, slow boring track Mm -hmm. and i kind of get why they did it because it's really hard to not pay attention to the lyrics when they're put in a uh position like this i I believe like the first half of the track is acapella yeah 
and then it's got a very mostly acapella there's like a a little drone underneath the lyrics for the first like minute yeah and like i i get that but like at the same time when i'm listening to an album and the first two songs absolute bangers and then you drop your third track and it's the slow fucking acapella track (laughs) bullshit so I had never heard the single version of this until maybe like three, four weeks ago. And the single version slaps so much fucking harder. But (laughs) at the same time, it is a lot harder to hear some of the lyrics, which I do really appreciate. Yeah. So it's a a trade-off. But single version slaps so much fucking harder. (laughs) It's so goddamn good. I almost feel like it's, um, for me, it's a problem of sequencing. Because I really like Chumbawamba's acapella songs. Um, Some of my favorite Chumbawamba songs are ones that they traditionally do acapella. Um, But the fact that Give the Anarchist a Cigarette and Time Bomb are such high energy, like, slapping songs. Followed by track number three being just a complete and total polar opposite. Yeah, it really does a 180. Yeah, it's like... It's like, I cannot think of a song that's more opposite of Time Bomb than Homophobia. <laughs> um, and I don't think that would necessarily be as jarring if it occurred, like, you know, later on the album, somewhere in, like, the late, latter part of the track list. Because by that point, then, it would be, like, it would almost feel like the album would have, like, warranted a little bit more of a break before you know wrapping up with the last few songs i don't know i think it's a matter of sequencing for me that like throws this song off for me because like you said none of it is bad and i actually quite like the melody and of course the vocals but yeah there's just something something off about the placement of it on the album it really just like as i said it feels like a blight on what is in my opinion like probably their best album yeah i I also did not hear the single version um, until relatively recently, and I think it sounds like a Pet Shop Boys song, (laughs) (laughs) which might be the reason, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with them doing a different version on the album. (laughs) Yeah. So the the single version is known as the Sisters Mix, because it features members of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Mm-hmm. which is a charity protest and street performance organization that used drag and religious image imagery Hell to call yeah. attention to sexual intolerance and uh, they satirize issues of gender and morality. So it, it's cool that they were able to work with like an actual like queer organization yeah. to do the music video. I believe there are members of that music video. I'm pretty sure that they're all the nuns in mm-hmm. the music video itself. Um, besides the nuns that are obviously the members of Chumbawamba. <laughs> um, so it, it's real weird that they like chose a remix of a song to be a single for, I, I don't know if this even technically counts as being a single for the album. I can't yeah. think that it came out before the album, but like it, it's, it's 100% the most Chumbawamba move possible. Yeah to release like a weird dance single of a song that isn't on your album. Yeah. Yeah. To make a music video for it. It's also a very Chumbawamba move that the single quote unquote version of the song has four tracks on it. Yeah. You get the homophobia sisters mix. You get enough is enough, which is another one of their singles. You get morality play in three acts and you get the day the Nazi died on the single version. (laughs) I almost feel like, I, I can understand to a certain degree why they would release the remix as a single because you listen to these two different versions of the song and you have to pick one that's going to be the one that gets any radio play. It's like no contest going to be the fun poppy dance number, not the droning acapella version. So I almost feel like it would it would make sense from the perspective of thinking they released that version because there was a chance that it would get significant radio play and thereby spread the message more. Um, I don't know how successful that was because I don't think this single was particularly like huge at the it, time. It peaked at 79 on the UK singles chart. Yeah. Which I mean, isn't incredible. 
Especially no. as we've discussed, there's like 50 people who live in the fucking UK. So. <laughs> yeah, so I understand the motivation behind it and also just thinking about how it's a classic Chumbawamba move. Like you said, it's like it's it's just another entry on the list of songs that were released as singles that sound completely different than their album counterparts. Yeah. And for that reason, I love it because I just love the fact that Chumbawamba made a habit of doing that so much in, like, the first half of their discography. I I just, I sympathize with the person who, like, heard the song on, like, the radio or (laughs) MTV or whatever and was like, oh, fuck, I gotta go get that new Chumbawamba album. My favorite song, Homophobia, is on there. And then you get to track three, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Because it's not even like like a bonus track on Anarchy, as far as I know. It's like, okay, great. Now I have to go track down one of the two different releases (laughs) of the single version. Because, yeah, they put out two different fucking singles for it. Because why not? Yeah, I can I can also empathize with that plight. <laughs> like, Maybe okay, hear me out. We're what spoiled this is... that all we have to do is like go on YouTube and type in Chumbawamba homophobia and both versions right. come up. But like if you were like like a punk in the nineties trying to track down a fucking vinyl version of a like a single because yeah. you liked it, like Hear me out. What if this was all just a scam that Chumbawamba concocted to get people to buy more of their records? Oh, I like that. That's the, they did the same thing with Jesus H. Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. They These bought fucking they bought, capitalists over here. Yeah, the person bought Anarchy because they liked the homophobia single so much, and they didn't get what they wanted out of the album, and yeah. then they had to track down the single version. But there's two of them, so they find both of them and are like, may as well buy both of them just to be safe. I don't want to get stuck with that acapella <laughs> one again. <laughs> that is true, because the second one does have the acapella version on it, but a, a live version. The second <laughs> single release has the Homophobia Sisters mix, Morality in Three Acts, song for Derek Jarman, and then a live acapella of Homophobia, because Hell why yeah. not? <laughs> you know what? I Musically, I don't hate this song. I really think uh, i i do enjoy it but it's mostly just a matter of the placement on the album and yeah. i think if they had moved it around like if it was on the la- the latter half of the album i think it would have made more sense it would have been less of a like grinding to a halt in the same way that this song is in its current form um but you know uh I will say I've watched a fair number of live videos of Chumbawamba where this was a part of the set list because it was a song that they that they did on their sets pretty often even after they became like super successful with tub thumping. And just the fact that, you know, it's there, it was the 90s, the fact that, um, you know, there was a band with some level of mainstream notoriety talking about these things was pretty cool and also the fact that anytime i've seen like a live video of this song as they're singing it the crowd's really into it and that's you know if nothing else i think that's worth something yeah i i don't think that this is like a bad track i I mostly agree with your point about its placement i really think it just shouldn't have been on the album at all that they Mm should have put like the the single version as the full version and then Mm -hmm. the weird like acapella version could be a b-side to the single that mean you would find in four years and be (laughs) like oh wow that's a cool different version of homophobia you can hear the lyrics a lot better instead of like as you said grinding this album to a halt um (laughs) just uh we didn't talk about the the music musicality i don't know if that's a word but i'm gonna keep fucking using it um of (laughs) this track uh, of the single version of this track outside of you saying that it sounded like a pet shop boys song which is fair which is a compliment by the way yeah i want to be clear that i fucking love the pet shop boys (laughs) but like the the horn line in the single version is oh so good so fucking tight it's unbelievable how good that shit sounds yeah like i i have it stuck in my head right now while we were recording this podcast (laughs) i'm also a fan of the of the like choral arrangement on the single version which is something you would expect you know uh, you know the the group the performance like street performance group that you mentioned before is featured prominently in the chorus of this song on the single version which is something you would expect of the more stripped down folksy acapella version 
to have like a choral arrangement. In yeah. It. But no, Chumbawamba throws a fucking choral arrangement on top of like a dance yep. track, and that is one of the things that makes this band so fucking good. Yeah, I, I love the um the the Dambert shouting no in yes. front of, before the homophobia. The no. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking good. Like I I honestly I've been listening to the single version of this a lot. And I just, I'm going to, like, make my own custom version of uh, Anarchy, where it just subs in the single version for, <laughs> <laughs> for homophobia. I, oh, I, my goodness. I did that with a, um, oh, God. It's a band that you like. White people. Vampire Weekend. <laughs> um, I, uh, I deleted a bunch of tracks off of, I think it was Vampire Weekend's second album to make it actually listenable. Because uh-huh. there are some songs on that album that are like a fucking top notch, and there are some songs that make me want to strangle every member of that band with my bare hands. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I literally I deleted. I think it's Horchata, mm. and I think Contra and I think that might have been it. But just <laughs> like. Vampire Weekend is one of those bands that's that's so fucking hit or miss for me. Where some of those yeah. songs, I'm like, this is probably one of the best like songs of the 2000s that ever has been written. And then you come across a song like Horchata, and it's like you probably should have been shot for writing this. <laughs> Maybe you just don't like songs that begin with the letter H. Horchata, homophobia, <laughs> Horchata phobia. <laughs> I do, I do have Horchata phobia. Can Not you make it? Wow, I didn't know you were a racist. You hated <laughs> you hate horchata. <laughs> I don't. I actually love horchata. There was like a back before my Bud Light Lime obsession. Our friend group was obsessed with rum chata. Like we would get it whenever we would go anywhere. Um, Manton, Kyle, and I played a drinking game one time where instead of drinking, we were eating bowls of cereal, but we had used horchata instead oh of milk. Oh my god. <laughs> That sounds delicious. It was really good. We got like a, they make like churro cereal or did yeah. at one point and we got that and then just a bunch of fucking rum chata. I think we were watching School of Rock and like I just remember being like wasted and also very full. <laughs> that sounds like a good night, honestly. <laughs> Not complaining. All right. So speaking of music videos and single versions and choirs on the steps of uh of a church. Do you want to take it down, Teddy? Yeah, let's take it on down to uh, Chumbawamba versus the people. Are you too bashful to be shouting about Chumbawamba in your new apartment yeah, already? Someone, someone just came home, and I don't want that to be the first thing they hear. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want that to be the way they find out that I'm a, I'm a Chumba head. <laughs> that I, I love the Chumba. <laughs> No, honestly, the more embarrassing thing to break to your roommates is that you have a weekly podcast. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, like this is this is a complete tangent. I I was thinking the other day about like what what I would do if I was single again and like had to break it to somebody that not only do I um, stream on Twitch fairly regularly i also am a podcaster i just don't think i could do it i don't think i could reveal that information to someone my current partner she and i got involved before i started doing either of those (laughs) things so she didn't know and i had no way of like warning her that these were going to be things that happened at some (laughs) point so like just imagining like a hypothetical situation where I'm on a first date with someone and I have to weigh in my mind when is the right time to reveal to them that I host a podcast. <laughs> anyway, I I have had to tangent, break it. I have had to break it to people, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, all right. I did all right. my my funniest um like dating during the pandemic story so far is I was talking to someone on I think Tinder and we like hit it off and then they asked me where I'm from and I said Newark and then they stopped answering me. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah, so <laughs> fuck you New York City people. I like Newark. 
you like Newark. Not a lot of people in New York City like Newark. And when they're yeah. like, oh, where are you from? They expect you to be like, ooh, like I live in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, I live in Newark. It's like, it's a really fun city. And then just no answer to that. And I messaged them again like a little bit later and no answer. I was like, oh, yeah. well, like, never mind. Well, Teddy, to be fair, people who live in Brooklyn don't even want to go on dates with people who live in Manhattan. That is true. New Jersey. <laughs> that is very true. This person didn't live in Brooklyn, though. Oh, they're, I think well, they were in, like, Staten Island. Anyway. It was, oh, you can't fucking talk shit exactly. about anywhere on the planet exactly. if you live on fucking Staten Island. Exactly. That's okay. You dodged a bullet. You don't want to date someone I don't from live Staten in that, Island. I don't, I, don't, I don't live in that state anymore, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so let's let's talk let's talk music videos. Let, let's okay. talk Chumbawamba. So the music video for this song um, begins with a shot of two men approaching each other for a kiss. And then it cut away at the last possible moment, which is just a wonderful little piece of 90s, like, nostalgia right there (laughs) (laughs) that they they can't show two men kissing on TV. But um, other than that, there's scenes of people walking on the street, and eventually it comes to a choir singing the song's chorus on the steps of a church. So the the group we talked about before uh, appropriating... Uh, religious imagery, uh, imagery in order to make comments about um, sexuality and gender and uh, just kind of like the song almost feels like a celebration of doing those things in this context which is pretty cool it's a pretty neat music video another one like time bomb where it's like it's pretty obvious that it was a shot on a pretty low budget but it's like charming for that reason <laughs> i i love this music video yeah as you said cool. it, it, it's cute it's a little bit low budget, and um, I really like the way that Chumbawamba uses black and white slash color yeah. in between different scenes in their music videos. I honestly don't know if that's uh, it's cheaper to produce black and white film, and that's what they were able to do, like the right, sh- like some of the shots on. But they did this in Time Bomb as well, where like certain parts of the music video mm-hmm. would be in color, certain parts would be black and white. It's really cool, especially when you think that they realistically probably had to shoot it on two different like like sets right. of film instead of nowadays where it's just like oh i just slapped the black and white filter on that part right of it. right so cool on chumbawamba's end i am happy to report though that the music video's final shot is the same two men that are shown at the beginning finally kissing oh, and yeah. you do see the full-on mouth-to-mouth <laughs> smooching going on and they show so, it and they, they show it they show the whole damn thing and yeah. it's great um so, let, let's dive into some YouTube comments here. Oh, I, had yeah. a, I had a really good one. Let me uh, let me find it. All right. This one is from Jared Kimon two years ago who says, great version, but great is spelled wrong. And he says, I know Chumbo loads and loads of years. Never heard that one. Sweet. <laughs> um, there's another comment on this same music video uh, from TC Arnold two years ago saying every day is an education never heard this version before today a nod to behave in the bridge which is true something that i didn't realize until i saw this comment (laughs) in the bridge of the single version of homophobia there's like a little nod to um i don't really know how to describe it but it's like a little musical nod to the the song behave which was also about homophobia uh from (laughs) which fucking album was behave on i think it was shush I don't remember at this point. Every time we go to a new album for, from this band, it's like all prior experience and knowledge that I have of the albums before is just erased from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's they make like a little bit of a self-reference to the song Behave within um, the music of the single version. Yeah. Um, did you find any other comments or should I? Yes. Um, so... Hold on. Cut this oh, part out. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 the one cutting them. Um so there's there's two different uploads of the original version on uh YouTube. Um one of them uh has this comment on it where so the to preface this is there's two minutes of silence at the end of the track. And so someone commented with, what's with the two minutes of dead air at the end? And someone responded with, to give some time for homophobes to think. And then (laughs) follow that up with another comment that says, if they have the ability to do so. (laughs) 
to give homophobes some time to think. It's <laughs> a good um, roast. That is that is a good roast. Uh, I found a really fantastic uh, series of comments on the, um, you know, the how YouTube like automatically uploads songs that are on streaming platforms under Chumbawamba topic. Yes. Yeah, there's a video for that for the album version of this song where the top comment from Jacob Vines one year ago says, how the hell is this not the version that was the backing for music video? <laughs> and someone um, someone replied saying, wider appeal, I imagine. I agree this is the superior version, but isn't it executive types that deal with things of the sort you're talking about? <laughs> and then a comment from the Ask Trixie channel two months ago, not quote-unquote commercial, yeah, I don't like the upbeat Pet Shop Boys style version either. <laughs> Which, hell yeah, someone else thinks it sounds like the Pet Shop Boys, but unfortunately that person is wrong because the Pet Shop Boys version is is, is better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that means that there are three different versions of the single ver- or the album version on YouTube and then the music video. Mm. So that this might be Chumbawamba's most uploaded song. I have an unfortunate piece of news to share with you what is it the the ask trixie channel the person who also made the um the pet shop boys comparison mm-hmm. uh their most recent video is from one week ago which appears to be a video featuring this person's custom made funko pop oh hell yeah baby to the camera oh no um, that this is cursed <laughs> Yeah, this is, if this is a Funko Pop that is, like, of an actual character in pop culture, I don't know it. Uh, I am 99% sure this is a custom-made Funko Pop, like, like being puppeted, like, talking to the camera, and I, <laughs> I'm watching it, and I don't have the audio on, and it's making me want to pour bleach into my eyes. <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that this person has very, like, generic youtuber uh like uh like fuck all the like icons for the videos whatever yes. that like uh, so there's there's one for collecting james pond and jalapeno energy drink <laughs> looks great i spent six hundred dollars on saturday night live vhs tapes oh my god <laughs> incredible this is wild. I have a, I, I like, part of me has like a massive amount of respect for people who, um, like all of these videos have like the, at most like 150 views on them. There's one that has almost 200 views on them. I have a lot of respect for people who just consistently upload this shit, like even though they're getting like no views and they put so much effort into it. Hey, that's what um, we do. That's what we do. So respect <laughs> where it's due. I do think yeah. I, I I do think that I'm going to have the memory of that Funko Pop burned into my brain, and tonight <laughs> when I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm gonna like snap awake in a cold sweat. <laughs> You're gonna get a mysterious package in a few days, and it's gonna have that. Fun- it's gonna have a Funko Pop of you. <laughs> that's uh, all right. That's my new horror movie idea. It's like the Ring, but with Funko Pops. <laughs> it's the Ring with fun- yeah. <laughs> I I I. I I think this last YouTube comment that I see here is a perfect encapsulation of how I'm feeling right now. Um, on the homophobia music video from Le Flat Dog six months ago that says, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> I, I do have one last one that I want to read. Um, right above the Le Flat Dog is uh, Retracted Wan who said, in the mid-90s, my mates asked me what I was listening to on my Walkman. I said Chumbawamba and they all laughed at me. A few years later, they were all bouncing to tub thumping at the nightclubs. <laughs> While you were making fun of me yeah. for listening to Anarchy, I was studying the chumb. Yeah, I was studying the chumb. While you were dan- while you were bouncing in nightclubs, I was <laughs> studying the, the chumb. <laughs> oh god, there oh, was shit. there was one other good one that was in like broken Polish. Let me see if I can find it. I have like six different YouTube channel tabs open on here. That's, that's always what happens. All right, this is from Ansoft five years ago. 
I love it. First time I heard this in the 90s when I was in primary school. C-A, 13-year-old. No one knows Chumbawamba, but Chumbawamba is spelled C-H-Y-M-B-A-W-A-M-B-A in these years in Poland. Okay, not so many. <laughs> All right, Teddy, do you have any final thoughts you want to share about this homophobia by Chumbawamba? Yeah, um, listen to the single version. It's good. And then if you're one of the people that likes downbeat shit, listen to the album version. I, As I said, I don't think that the album version is like a bad song or a bad version of this. It just really doesn't mesh well with the rest of Anarchy, in my humble consumer opinion. That's fair. I think i agree i think i agree that the single version is better simply by virtue of the fact that i enjoy listening to it more i appreciate the starkness of the album version and how it like forces you to only pay attention to the lyrics because there isn't like as much stuff going on and because of that i appreciate it and can listen to it and just wish it had been like track nine or ten instead of track three i think it just would have worked so much better with the momentum of the album because i wouldn't want to listen to an album that was just like every single song was the exact same like pace and energy with some exceptions some albums that are like that are a lot of fun so like i get the impulse to include a song that's like much lower energy somewhere on the album it just is very jarring to have it so early on um so yeah it's just again there's a i i feel like i'm repeating myself a little bit but it is just a matter of album sequencing for me that like takes away the power of this song a little bit because today when i listened to it like just on its own i was like this is, this is pretty good like i appreciate the message i appreciate appreciate the bareness of it i appreciate the fact that this band was doing this in the year 1994 um so yeah just an just a just a bit of a misfire on the on the track list i think more than anything but interesting as an artifact of yet another example of chumbawamba being fucking batshit all over the place with their album yep. and single <laughs> versions and interesting as kind of like a preview of the more folksy acapella stuff that is later to come in their discography yeah it's like a teaser all right, Dan, if you had to rate this album, what would you give it? If I had to rate it, I would give it a... <laughs> I would rate it one Ask Trixie custom Funko Pop out of one gallon of bleach directly into my eyes. <laughs> what about I, you, Teddy? I'm going to give this one a base www, which is the username of the person that uploaded the homophobia music video. <laughs> then... <laughs> They hashtagged it in case you weren't paying attention. Hashtag Chumbawamba. Hashtag LGBT issues. Hashtag music. Hashtag Chumba. Hashtag music video. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought you were going to say hashtag Chumba. Hashtag Wumba. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, though. We should start tagging our tweets uh, on Twitter with yeah, yeah. hashtag Chumba. Hashtag Wumba. I'm going to start hashtagging my tweets like that don't even have anything to do with Chumbawamba with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first got a Twitter, I would tag everything with, I think it's... Hashtag wow, hashtag whoa, hashtag Italiano, which is a reference to that Dilbert 3 video. Oh my god. If you remember that by uh, CBoyRD. I I do, unfortunately. Yeah. And like, it was one of those things that like, I thought was the funniest thing, but it's like, it's a reference to a video that's like 15 years old and an incredibly minute part of it (laughs) when he was like tweeting at the Doritos uh, Twitter account if he should kill himself or not. Yeah. So that's what I thought was funny when I first joined Twitter like nine years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dan, you want to take us over to our leftism segment? Absolutely. I would love to. So today on Leftism of the Week, we're going to talk about the uh, Chicago riots that happened this week. This is, um, we are recording on, I had to look at the calendar because time is fake, um, August 12th, 2020, and within the past 24 hours, there's been a lot of activity, um, Black Lives Matter activity in Chicago. Um, y- recently, 
a 20-year-old black man was shot in the back by police on Chicago's south side, and thankfully he survived. But um, in response to that, there was a protest-slash-riot that broke out in downtown Chicago, um, where people attacked storefronts of the uh, commercial real estate in downtown Chicago. Um, And in response to that, uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has limited travel access into Chicago's downtown, basically putting a curfew on and like lifting the bridges into downtown and not yeah. letting anybody in after 8 p.m. If you've never been to Chicago before, it's um like the downtown is basically like separated from most of the rest of the city by the Chicago River. And there's just like, I don't even know how many, there's like 20 something bridges that you can get to from various places. And they all have been lifted up after 8 p.m. So like, it, it is my understanding of the situation. The video of them lifting the bridges straight up looks like some shit out of the Dark Knight Rises. Like yeah. insane how we have slipped into like comic yeah. book level fascism. Yeah. And so it's worth noting here that downtown Chicago is the wealthiest slash most gentrified part of the entire city, and that Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in the United States. Um, There is lopsided unemployment rates between black and white citizens. There is a harsh economic divide between the wealthiest parts of the city, like downtown, and the poorest neighborhoods, especially on the south side of Chicago, which is a majority black area of town. Um, The mayor's decision to protect downtown and stay silent for the most part about demonstrations happening throughout the rest of the city, I I think speaks volumes to the fact that just about every politician is a servant to the ruling class and that we shouldn't trust any of them. Um, There has been little to no movement from the Chicago mayor's office to protect demonstrators, but the moment, the fucking moment, there's a broken window at a fucking whatever ritzy upscale business got looted. Uh, there's action, like effectively shutting down the city. So it's just a fucking awful reminder of who the people that we elect actually serve. Um, it's also a really important reminder of the fact that civil unrest is still happening. Civil unrest related to the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and anyone else, and the unending police violence against black people, that civil unrest is still going on. Just because CNN isn't talking about it anymore, except, of course, when there's looting, doesn't mean it's not still happening. Black people are still being shot indiscriminately by the police all over the country. And the unrest in Chicago this week is just a it's just an important reminder of that fact. Um, so let it be a reminder that compels you into local action. Let it be a reminder that compels you into financial support for the for for bail funds and other institutions doing this social justice work. Uh, we're going to include a link in our show notes to a bail fund for Chicago residents because it's uh super relevant to current events but i encourage you wherever you live whether it's uh whether it's cheesesteakville where <laughs> teddy lives now or or wherever you are especially if you're in the united states because i don't know if cash bail is a thing anywhere else in in the world and it's um, it's not for, in new jersey so if you live in new jersey yeah. anywhere posting a bail fund is fake and trying to scam you <laughs> yes okay that's good to know do your research to find a local bail fund if they exist where you live Um, Because cash bail is a fucking horrible institution that makes it is one of the many things that basically makes it legal illegal to be poor. Yeah, Um, we're going to post a link to the Chicago Community Bond Fund if you are compelled to support them because of the unrest in Chicago. But if you want to find one in your neighborhood, in your city and support them as well, that's equally as important because bail funds need assistance even when there's not like a major current event happening in the in the city because yeah. bail is a problem anytime i think we've even talked about this on the show before just how even in quote-unquote peaceful times cash bail is still a fucking atrocity yep so uh the chicago community bond fund we're going to post a link it's chicagobond.org find one in your area do something to help out um 
because it's still happening. Yeah. All of this shit is still happening. It is not as much in the zeitgeist, in, in, in the wider conversation. It's even not as much in the wider conversation on social media anymore. Just keep paying attention. Keep doing what you can to support people who are out in the streets. If you want to and are comfortable with going out into the streets as well, especially if you're a white person, fucking go for it. And um, just, you know, keep... It feels redundant after a certain point to use the little tiny platform we have to just say, go out and fight fascism. But that's ultimately what it boils down to. Just fucking go out and fight fascism in any way that you can. Yeah. Um, I believe it was a little over 100 people did get arrested in Chicago yeah. over the past two days. So they're they're going to need some cash. Um, I do also yeah. just want to point out that one of the stores that got looted was called Epic Burger. <laughs> and um, if you name your restaurant Epic Burger, you deserve to be robbed. You should get robbed every day. If you gentrified an area to open up a fucking restaurant in a strip mall called Epic Burger, I could say a lot of things that you deserve to have happen to you that would get me arrested. But <laughs> at the very least, if you get robbed, you should be like, all right, I deserve that for being a fucking, I assume, white person opening up. <laughs> because no one else would be dumb enough to open a fucking burger spot called Epic Burgers, except some fucking asshole with a beard and, like, fucking, uh, like, traditional tattoos who drinks IPAs <laughs> named after fucking Rick and Morty characters. So, fuck Epic Burger. Looting is cool and deserved, especially when it's in response to uh, an innocent man getting murdered, especially because it's the only way that the state pays attention, because the state right. only cares about violence when it's against the ruling class, when it's against property. So yeah. go out in a parody sense in Minecraft, smash a window. Who cares? <laughs> smash a Minecraft window. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh beat up a local minecraft cop yeah in a parody <laughs> sense in the video game minecraft no no it's it's not a parody we're just talking about the video game minecraft that's true minecraft <laughs> and its famous police officers <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna become a cop in minecraft minecraft baby minecraft there is Copcraft. <laughs> um, just a, another brief plug. We did talk about it a while back as one of like the uh, the leftisms that we did early on in the pandemic. There is another Minecraft music festival happening this weekend, and you Hell yeah. you can catch Dan working security like the fucking traitor they <laughs> because are. Because I'm a fucking cop. <laughs> yeah, mine cop. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to Chumbology. This is our last episode because I'm quitting the podcasting business to become a full-time <laughs> Minecraft cop. It pays um, very well. Minecraft Police Academy. Ooh. Oh, man. Pays so well. <laughs> That's going to be my Twitch channel. Just me <laughs> being a cop in Minecraft. I like that. <laughs> uh, the music you have heard in this episode was the song Homophobia from Chumbawamba's album Anarchy and also the single version because I'm editing this week and I'm going to put in fucking both because I can't. Hell yeah. We don't have the rights to it. No one else does. Fuck it. Rights aren't real. The world is ending. It's fine. If time is a construct, so is intellectual yeah. property. If, if <laughs> cops are a construct, so is Minecraft. Yeah, the only <laughs> the only place that this song has any copyright um, law protecting it is actually within Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter if if you if you feel compelled to do so at Chumbology Rocks. Or you can send us an email at chumbologypod at gmail.com. Gotta be honest, folks, we haven't been receiving very many emails lately. So if you've got something something to say about Chum Chumbawamba, about about uh, anarchy, both the album and the political school of thought, or uh, you want to tell us to fuck ourselves, or you want to uh, come play Minecraft with us, uh, send us an email. Yeah. I've never played Minecraft in my life. What? But you should you yeah. should get Minecraft. We should play Minecraft together. I, I I should get Minecraft pilled. Yeah, Minecraft, maybe that can be a stream we do on our Patreon where we become Minecraft cops. Minecraft rules, like it, it literally, like it, it scratches some incredibly stupid part of my brain. But yeah. I, I play Minecraft once, maybe twice a year, but I play it for like forty-eight hours straight, and then I never touch it again. <laughs> I love a game like that—a yeah. game that you can just play like nonstop for yep. like you know days, and then not play it again for years that's how i am with the sims <laughs> you still gotta finish up your your baby run yeah that that's gonna take a while 
Um, we do also have a Patreon if you wish to support us. Uh, it is patreon.com slash Chumbology. We've got quite a few bonus episodes up. And if yeah. you noticed, there there was one uploaded to the main feed last week uh, due to my absence because I dragged my feet fucking moving as usual. <laughs> um, so if you like that and we're like, damn, I wish I could listen to like seven or eight more of these right fucking now, you can by either subscribing to our Patreon for like, what, $2 a month? Or if you make a donation to the Chicago Bail Fund or any other bail fund and send us a uh, screenshot of that, uh, we'll send you all the current apps for free. Yeah. Or or we'll send you a list and if there's a specific one you want to hear. We're getting we're getting on in uh in episodes of the podcast of the bonus podcast. I don't know if uh you know, if you don't want to hear our episode about like uh I don't know, I don't even remember any of the artists we've done, but <laughs> we have not yeah, covered if you're like, nah, fuck the mighty mighty Boston's, I don't want to hear that one, that's fine too. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we can send you just some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Only Whatever Soldier you want. Boy, We're here to serve on. you in this capitalist society. <laughs>